Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey, brought to you by Radix Nutrition. Coming up, Jono Riddler. I told the crew beforehand, one of the explicit instructions when we had our briefing was, I don't want to know how far I've gone, I don't want to know how far to go, I don't want to know how much time has gone and I don't you know, want to know how much time we've got to go like. Why? Because mentally it would just yeah, mentally. disrupt yeah, you. Yeah, it's damaging. Just four days before recording this podcast, Jono Riddler had smashed the New Zealand open water swim distance record when he swam 99 kilometres. Previous record, by the way, only 80 kilometres. His 33-hour non-stop swim without a wetsuit started at Great Barrier Island on a fine Tuesday morning and finished on a very stormy Wednesday night in Auckland. I really hope you guys like this chat. Jono's not a big name guest. He's just a regular bloke who has done something incredible and inspiring. There are so many lessons in here about staying positive and not giving up when things get hard. Even some techniques and pointers that any of us can use, whatever your goal is. Thanks very much to my mates at Radix Nutrition for sponsoring this episode. Check out their game-changing products online at radixnutrition.co.nz. That's R-A-D-I-X. All their world-beating products are made in the Waikato and they're shipped worldwide. And yes, in case you are wondering, I am a little bit sick, but the show must go on. All right, here we go. John O'Riddler on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hey, Runners Only, yeah, yeah, let's get it started. Hey, hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Fast-paced, slow and steady, any way you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only, yeah, yeah let's get it started. Hey, hey. This is Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Uh, fast paced, slow and steady, any way you coming. Uh, just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Jono Riddler. G'day, mate. G'day. I can't believe you're um, here sitting in front of me. We're recording this on a Sunday afternoon. Maybe 90 hours or thereabouts since you got out of the water. There so or thereabouts? It is, it is that fresh. So I just greeted you at the door. Uh, we walked up two flights of stairs. You're still walking a bit gingerly. Um, <laughs> what you have done this week is just, it's mind-boggling. It's one of the most amazing, I think, feats of endurance that I've heard anyone do. Yeah, it, uh, it's a little bit weird kind of getting my head around it as well, even after the fact, and even though I was the, the one doing it. But like, yeah, it still feels a little bit kind of weird to me. Well, what was it in the end? It wasn't quite 100 k's, eh? Just under 100 k's. Yeah, yeah. We were going for over 100 in, right. a, in a straight line. Turned out to be 99.1, like, unofficial, but uh, but it's based on a straight line. So it'll be about 95. Like, we had to cut it short. There's, yeah, there's a whole story behind <laughs> behind that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, so, so what are the rules with a swim like this? So you're not allowed to touch the boat at all? Yeah. Yeah, can't touch the boat. Uh just normal togs above the knees, below the waist, one cap, one pair of goggles. Uh, yeah, the, the, those are kind of the essentials. And you've got to touch um, or start above the waterline and then exit above the waterline as well, uh, if you're able to. If it's like a cliff, then you just touch the natural part of the shore to, to mark the start or, or finish. 
Jeez, there's a lot of rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I first heard about what you were doing for Live Ocean when I saw a billboard outside my house, and I I saw it and I thought, oh, that's impressive, but I didn't really think too much about it because I I suppose I thought you'd be swimming for a couple of hours and then going on a boat, you know, having a nap, freshening up, whatever, then carrying on. Mm. And when you when you get down to the nitty gritty of it and you realise, you know, you're in the water, once you start, that's it until you finish, and there's it's just you, there's a support boat there, um, but it may as well not be because it's you know independent from you. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's nonstop, continuous. You can, you know, you can have feeding breaks, and I was having a feeding break every forty minutes or so, but you're just treating water during that time. So, yeah, staying awake, staying moving for what eventuated to be about thirty-three and a half hours. Yes, there's so much you're dealing with here. There's the, you know, the sleep deprivation. There's the physical exertion, the mental stuff. It's a lot. I, I, th- I think we'll start right back at the beginning. So the early years. Were you always a swimmer? Not really, no. No, no. I did. A you didn't bit do of... like competitive swimming growing up, or as a kid, or anything. No, 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 no. The, clo- the closest I came to competitive swimming was like uh, school swimming sp- uh, sports, and uh, yeah, I, I think I did like maybe four or five years of learning to swim. Right. I uh, didn't enjoy it. You know, definitely wasn't my jam. <laughs> it's, it's very boring, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think especially when you're a kid, you know, you're like mm. just trying to hold, hold your attention. Yeah. You want to do something that's a bit more interesting. So I was playing other sports like team sports, ball sports. Still love the water. Like we spent a lot of time around the water growing up and, you know, love spending time in the ocean and around the ocean. But it wasn't until um, my early 20s that I actually got into open water swimming. And how old are you now? You're like 33? 33, 33, yeah, yeah. So early, early 20s. Okay, so that's quite a late start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what made you get into it? Well, I, I got injured when I was snowboarding in Canada. Like had a really bad uh, shoulder injury, a grade uh, 3 AC separation. I just fell quite badly onto my shoulder. And then coming back from Canada to New Zealand a, f- a few months later, I went into the pool and used that as a way of rehabbing my shoulder. My dad and my brother were doing the swim across Auckland Harbour back when back when that was running as part of the Ocean Swim Series. You know, signed up for that and um, managed to do that swim. Had some uh, difficulty along the way, and kind of what just, just because got, of the distance? The distance, and then you know, in, in the first hundred meters or so, I had a panic attack, and uh, it was just the thought of being out in the open ocean or. You know, it's not quite the open ocean out there, but like no, and away, from, and away from land Support forms. kayaks and yeah. things. But had, had you done training for it? So you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. my training was uh, over at, I think it was Point Chev, you know, just like up and down the beach there. And you you can stand up whenever you want to. So yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, it's very different. And then anyway, I push, pushed through that uh, and got to the end. It wasn't like a fast time or anything like that. I think it was like an hour 10 or something for 2.8K. Right, so yes, yeah, so, so it seems very weird that you'd gravitate towards this thing because you you didn't do it as a, as a kid to speak of. Um, you tried it as an adult. You had a panic attack. You think you'd get to the end of that ocean swim and be like, okay, that was that was frightening, but I did it, and now we're done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but not you. Yeah, I, I tried running for a little while. Seeing as this is the yeah, runners yeah, only yeah, podcast, yeah. I can, can weave that in a bit. But I was I was training for a, a marathon in 2014, the Auckland Marathon, and. Uh, I was so close, like I'd just done my final big training run, which was 32 Ks, uh, and then off the back of that, I got a really bad case of patellofemoral pain syndrome. On knee. the knee. Yeah, just bad inflammation. That took like months and months and months to recover from, so I said, bugger this, I'm not going to do running anymore, <laughs> <laughs> and started getting more into the swimming, so I think there was always like a bit of an endurance leaning, 
uh, and that manifested in swimming. And yeah, it, like really just got hooked on it, you know, like the, I did a marathon swim in 2016 and then on the back of that. What's a marathon swim? Uh, 10K. Okay. 10K is, Shit, is a marathon that's a lot. Even that's, you know, like, I mean, you know, we're, we're going to get to the 100K swim, which is like 10 times a marathon swim distance, but swimming 10Ks, that's a fucking long way on its own. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. an insane distance. <laughs> I guess, yeah, probably like at, at the time it felt pretty insane to me. But yeah, now, now obviously it feels a bit more natural, like doing 10K distance versus, uh, yeah, for, when you're just starting off. But yeah, go, did that and then sign up for sign up for Cook Straight and, and then really got into it, you know? Yeah, what do you mean you sign up for Cook Straight? Uh, is, is there an event that you do? Or do you just like... No, oh, no, you, you do it as a, like, a, as a solo swimmer. Okay. And there's a bit of a waiting list, so you've got to... Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's really popular now. There's this thing called the Ocean 7. There's these seven big ocean swimmers around the world, and Cook Strait is one of them. Is that so? Yeah. Right, so swimming the Cook Strait's like nothing, nothing special. Lots of people do it. <laughs> like, like, when you put it that way well, 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 to, I mean, to, to me I would have thought it was like a, an unthinkable thing that maybe like 20 people have done or whatever but there's a wait list yeah I mean it's like who are these now, people <laughs> yeah there's maybe I don't know 150 people that have that have swum Cook Strait what's Cook Strait like 20k 20 uh, I think in a straight line it's 22 and a half or something like right, that right. but nobody swims in a straight line because there's you know some pretty heavy ties mm. through there but yeah, like I, I was on the waiting list for two and a bit years or so, yeah, and then and then finally got a crack at it in 2019. So was that your like your first big sort of challenge? Yeah, that, that was the first big big open water swim that that I had undertaken. I'd done some wow. like other you know 10ks or 15k distances, yeah. but yeah, that, that was the first big channel. Well, you've been busy then, haven't you? So that was 2019. We're 2023 now. There was a, like a break for COVID where no one could do anything. But you've done like the, a thing called the Triple Crown as well. Cook Strait, Fovo Strait and Taupo, side to side. That's right. Yeah, yeah. When did you fit all this in? <laughs> <laughs> Were you breaking COVID rules? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> when, so yeah, Fovo Strait, that's um, bottom of the South Island. So Fovo Strait. Yeah. Yeah, that, there's Island. actually a really interesting story there around COVID. Because that was 2021. It was super dicey around some of the stuff that was happening with, with the lockdowns at the time. Uh, we set it for, for February, which is when you know water's kind of warmest around there, right. and set a, set a weather window with the fisher, uh, fisherman that I was going with. Uh, and then a week before, or even just, a, I think it was a few days before the window actually opened, uh, we went into a level three lockdown in Auckland. And so I was one of the you know, you know one of the cheeky ones that kind of drove out of Auckland to um, to Cambridge. Oh, before the lockdown started, <laughs> yeah, we had like forty eight hours to yeah, oh, right. We had like three hours. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like oh an announcement at seven pm, <laughs> and then I was on the road like a few hours later, just absolute panic, eh? Because. I was like, oh my god! You don't want to miss gonna, your. So the, the, my the, dream's going to be like taken away from me because of you know obviously pandemic is much bigger than a swim, but for me it was a big deal. Especially if you'd been working towards this yeah, yeah, massive yeah. goal for yeah. a long time, and it was like everything was all set up except that then Auckland went into a lockdown. But it was one of those snap lockdowns. It only lasted a few days, and then it went back to level two. I came back up to Auckland, got some of the crew because we had crew from like Auckland and the South Island. We flew down on the Sunday and did it on the Monday. And then meanwhile, I think 
Auckland went back into a, a, a lockdown like a few days later. It was just that like, is so lucky. It was just so lucky. Yeah. So so Fovo's track. How long? How long is that? Uh, swim, uh, swimming distance, I think I covered about 30, 31 or something. Hey, so but in a straight a bit, line, it's like 28. Oh, but yeah. it's quite a bit longer than the Cook Strait. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit longer. And, and for those swims, is it the same sort of rules as what you had for this um, 100k yeah, swim? Yeah, like, yeah. No touching the boat? Yeah. No wetsuit? Yeah, no wetsuit. Why is that? Who made that rule? That's a dumb rule. <laughs> is it because of the wetsuit gives you buoyancy? Yeah, and, you know, just to make things consistent across history. So, like, you know, swimmers back in uh, – the early 1900s <laughs> didn't exactly have like the, the, yeah, the yeah, five millimeter. Yeah. <laughs> they had like woolen wetsuits. <laughs> You've done other swims for charity over the years. I think the uh, Fovo Strait one that was for like a rescue chopper. Ah, uh, no? cook was. Everything else that I've done has been pretty selfish, right? In a way. And then when I was looking at bringing the swim for the golf together, I wanted to make it something bigger than me, something that that actually you know I could I could use that. Uh, create uh, a platform and then you know the the cause that came to mind was obviously ocean health like it, it makes a lot of mm. sense seeing as i'm spending a lot of time out in the ocean and then yes yeah, so, yeah. yeah, live ocean set up by um blair chook and uh pete burling from uh, team new zealand i know that they're hugely proud of you and stoked to have you on board to champion the cause as well as them why live ocean like what have you what have you noticed in your swims in terms of ocean health yeah, so I've done a lot of swimming in uh, in the Hauraki, mm. and uh, especially so like up and down the coast, the East Coast bays. Like that's kind of my training ground. Uh, and yeah, it's you know it's barren. Like there's nothing there. <laughs> you do you do get to see some fish life from time to time. Um, there's some spots, but like there's heaps of sediment in the water. It's really mm. dirty, really cloudy. Uh, if you go further out, there's kinna barrens all over the place, which is where kinna just are grazing down these kelp forests um, because they don't really have the uh, the predators to keep them in check. There's no mussels really in, in, in the hauraki anymore. Uh, for me, like the most obvious thing is is just the fish life. Like I've spent a lot of time in the ocean and had some amazing experiences, and not just out here but also in other parts of the country and like the comparison between the two is just like it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Oh, that's yeah. alarming. Can, we, can, can it be reversed? What can be what can be done about it? Yeah, I, I think so. It's just yeah. it just needs some action. Like right. if we keep on the current trajectory it won't, you know, obviously it'll it'll keep on declining, but yeah, it just needs some bold action and it's going to be painful for some people, you know, like commercial interests and mm. but like the fishermen that I've talked to, all the recreational fishermen, they're totally behind it. <laughs> they want like they want more marine protection because ultimately it's like a a good thing long term. You know, we just got to think about the next generations, not just yeah, getting today's yeah. haul. Yeah, that's true. What are good oceans around New Zealand? Um, like, did you see much um, sea life in the Cook Strait or Fovo Strait? Oh, Cook, I didn't see too much marine life, uh, but. I think what I most uh, noticed there was just this, like, when I first started, so I'd, I had an encounter with a seal actually at the start, like a sea lion. That was pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> was it? What happened? Well, it, it kind of chased me off at the start. <laughs> so I, I guess I was getting close to its territory. <laughs> and that was the start of the swim. And then, you know, just going, like, swimming through this, like, thick salp, which is like, uh, for anybody that hasn't been in the ocean, it's like this jelly-type texture and... Uh, that's like a, a sign of a healthy ocean, you know, but it was like everywhere uh, at the start. 
um, but just clean, you know, like Cook mm. was really clean. And then Fovo, when I first started, there was like kelp and like fish swimming around my feet. This was off Stewart Island. Wow. And then I saw sharks and like uh, the crew saw penguins. There was albatross. There was all kinds of like, um, what do you call the mutton bird at, at the end? Like really healthy ocean there. And then last season I swam from uh, Metapuri Beach to Poor Nights and back. And again, just like amazing things. Like we saw workups the, the day before as we were checking it out. Just, yeah, just a lot healthier. Although, devil's advocate here, you, you wouldn't want to see too many sharks, would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just from a distance. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so what's that like? So you're swimming Fovo straight and, and there's sharks there. Do, do, you, do you freak out or do you have quite a good relationship with them in that you know that if they attack you, it's generally a mistaken identity? Or... <laughs> yeah. You'd apologise and shake hands later. <laughs> no, no, no but you know what I mean? Like they, they don't see us as a like a, an enemy, do they? No, no, no. no I, you're, I don't you're think right. they actively it, it, seek yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think like the actual like man-eating sharks, like like that's not really a thing, eh? So uh, when I saw these sharks, there, there was a bunch of them circling below me and, the, and they were quite uh, quite deep down. So I, I was scared like when I saw them <laughs> and <laughs> had some words to the crew. I was like... I won't say. It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. Get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, shit. <laughs> and then kind of kept going, and I was like, you know, I kind of settled down, and then it was just watching them um, until until we, you know, were out of sight, and and that was quite beautiful to see. But we did have um, on on the boat for Fovo, we had something called a shark shield device, which is like a um, repellent. It it emits like an electromagnetic field. And so the sharks don't really like it. So there was some kind of like safety, right, I guess. Gotcha. When did the idea for this one come about, the 100K? Well, the 100K came later, but I've been eyeing up barriers since 2019. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah did yeah. you think it was – well, I was going to ask, did you think it was possible for you? But I guess if you were eyeing it up, you obviously I did think you were capable of doing it. Yeah, yeah. I just had an idea, you know. Like uh, my parents made met on Great Barrier Island and – Spent a lot of summers there growing up, and you know, I just had this strong connection to it. And it hadn't been successfully swum before from Great Barrier back to Auckland. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> the 100k came later. That that was last year. It was just like, okay, like let's just make this, you know, let's make this next level. And uh, and so that that's why we ended up going around Little Barrier. You know, like a lot of people said, oh, like, oh just to stretch out the distance a bit. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. To make it, make it the hundred. Obviously, we didn't quite make the hundred this. this yeah, are, are you are you gutted about that? <laughs> no, no, I'm actually not. Like, because yeah, the, the swim was ropey at the end. Day. Like, yeah, it was not in a. <laughs> oh yeah, so so you started on um, what day of the week did you start? Tuesday. Tuesday you started Tuesday, Tuesday morning, morning. Yeah, and you finished late on Wednesday night. Um, I was going to come out and, and support you, and I was watching the tracker app, and it was getting uh, getting later and later, and then it was raining, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out." Sorry about that. It looks like you had a great turnout, though. Oh man, I was uh, like, I didn't get to see it because Enjoy I was it. in the back of an ambulance, yeah. but I got to hear some of it, and then saw it later because there was a there was a bit of video. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just amazing how people managed to swarm there so quickly because it got changed. Like yeah, real last minute. Mm. 
because I was watching the app and it said you were going to finish at like 10 p.m. Yeah. And then um, suddenly uh, yeah, Blair, Blair Turk sent me a message from the airport because some people were flying out to San Francisco. Yeah. And he was like, oh, no, they're finishing at some other beach now. And, mm. and you get down there now. But it was too wet. So I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm going to stay in. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> stay here in my Audi. <laughs> so the idea, the seed was sort of planted in 2019. Yeah. And then – so how do you like? How do you get a, you had a massive crew, right? How do you get a crew together? Like how does the how does the planning start? It seems like there's a lot going on. Oh, massively! Eh? Yeah. So I think the first step was I sat down for a beer with my mate Olaf, and we'd kind of talked about how to bring uh, awareness of the health of the ocean in, into the swimming community, and I thought, yeah, he's he's a good person to talk to. So we had a good chat, and I said what do you reckon like I want to partner up with Live Ocean for this can can we get a connection and and so he set it up and meanwhile I, I kind of started training in the background and then managed to connect with Live Ocean they were totally behind it and um yeah earlier this year was when we really started ramping up like the logistics side of things and getting the crew together so we had 16 people as it eventuated out on the water Wow! Which is, yeah, it's a wow. Mass, Sixteen people doing group. doing what? Uh, so three shifts. <laughs> so people people would have a, have an opportunity to uh, to rest. Um, so two skippers for the main boat, like a fifty five footer, uh, and then we had a, a little tender alongside me, you know, a little uh, rigid inflatable mm-hmm. that was alongside, maybe you know, three to five meters away for for the duration. And we had three crews on that, so we had a driver an observer, and a feeder. And then we had two medics uh, on top of that as well. I'm probably forgetting some people, but um, wow. I and, and a couple of videographers as well. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting insight into what, what goes on. To, it's, it's a lot. It's a big team effort, isn't it? Yeah, massively. I mean, you're, you're the one that's, um, that, that gets the glory, and rightfully so, and you're the one that's doing all the hard work. But, there's yeah, it's a big team effort. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. It is really like a, a team sport in yeah. a way. How does the training look for something like this? Or did, when did you start sort of actively training for this particular event? Actively training would have been last year from about August. But I had a pretty good base because, you know, I was kind of building up, doing these um, doing these different challenges along yeah. the way. And you just, uh, I think, the like, actually getting a blueprint for the training was, was difficult because, you know, there's not, not too much of a, yeah, you yeah. can't just look it up somewhere and, and see, you know, uh, what do I do to swim a 100k swim? Yeah, you, you're literally going into uncharted waters. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of people that, that I'd followed or have followed that um, have done some, like, really long swims and just looked at what they had done and, and kind of got some ideas off that. Uh, but probably three, like, two or three key things. So, you know, I started building in some strength and conditioning work and that, that was really to build up my body. I got injured across December, Jan, which wasn't ideal. Um, and then uh, just high volume, you know, like lots of mileage. What's lots of mileage? So over the over the course of my peak week, I did about 32 hours of just swimming uh, out, in, uh, out in the water. And that was a mix of pool swimming and, and ocean. So that, that was over Easter weekend and, oh, sorry, Easter, Easter week. And uh, that was, you know, a couple of sessions in the pool and then uh, four big um, sessions across both pool and ocean. So, you know, doing eight hours, eight hours, eight hours, and then four hours. Uh, Sometimes, you know, starting at silly o'clock in the morning, like (laughs) 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and just 
swimming until like midday or so out, out at Takapuna. So I'd, you know, I'd wake up uh, one a.m. drive out to uh, drive out to Takapuna, um, have my bottles of liquid feed, um, <laughs> set them next to my car, have my little tow float, put put a bottle in there, and then I'd be off and you know replace them every time they got empty and just keep going for you know eight hours or so. And, and that that helped with that. Um, getting used to, you know, swimming at night, uh, the fatigue, like just those big back-to-back um, back-to-back swims. You talked before about your marathon experience and um, the longest training run you had was like 32, 33K, yeah. which is right about perfect for a marathon. What's your longest single swim in something like this in the lead-up to it? Yeah, you kind of have to throw some of those <clears throat> normal conventions out. You know, like normally what I'd do if I was training for a, a big swim, say it's like a 30k swim or something, I'd aim for double the mileage of whatever uh, I'm looking at. So if it's 30k, then 60k across the course of that week. And then doing one, maybe two swims that are about three quarters the distance. But when you're talking about like a 100k swim, you just, like, it's just not practical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's impossible, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do some, some other kind of unique things and trust that my body was. It was building up in in the right way, and you know, I I didn't really know for sure. This was like significantly longer than anything I, that I had done previously. But during the training swims, at least, my body was feeling really good, and yeah. I wasn't getting that fatigued. So the indications were right. I actually looked at quite a bit of like ultra marathon running stuff because mm. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good content out there, like yeah. around how you build up for like a a big ultra marathon run, much more that, than there is for a swim. And use that for guidance to an extent as well. And and how were you in the um in the you know, the weeks and the months leading up to it in terms of your mental headspace? Like when the billboards start to go up and you started having a like you, you you recruit a crew, and you get all this other support on board. The like the fear of failure must have been massive. Yeah, I mean you know you've yeah you've really got to perform if you've got. Uh, you like shits. It's like a shits getting real scenario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, start- but, do, how, how much doubt was there in your mind? I don't think there was so much doubt really? that, that I could perform. It was just, it was more so doubt that everything would line up, like with the weather and, you know, just everything coming together, like the uncontrollables. That That's the hardest mm-hmm. thing to deal with. You know, the training, the training's kind of easy in a way because, you know, you can, you know exactly what you're going to do and you just go out and do it. And my body felt pretty good, like even after I'd been injured a couple of months earlier. So I was stoked with that. But yeah, just like the weather in particular, like you just, can't control that and so especially as we got closer to the window that was like a huge source of anxiety eh? oh i can't imagine yeah, yeah. you must have just been like refreshing that weather <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable yeah. and the, the weather started off good right and then it, it got real shit in the second half yeah we and we knew that that was going to be the case yeah. but it, it was worse than we expected so like looking at you know the different forecast models about four or five days out and it looked like there was going to be an opportunity but it was only going to last maybe you know sixteen hours or so, and then it was going to turn the other way. Uh, just yeah, we've just had some really bad northerly winds for weeks and weeks now, really. Mm. Um, but kind of that was the only opportunity, and so went out on a limb and backed ourselves and and took that. We knew it was going to come up on 
day two and it came up like pretty strong <laughs> as well. Did not disappoint. Yeah. What do you eat on Monday night before a swim like this? Is it like a massive, <laughs> car- a massive carb loading thing or nah. did, were, you, were you doing that in the days or weeks leading up to yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, the, the days leading up yeah. to that for sure, like eating more carbs. Uh, you know, it's not like you're trying to hit some kind of a target weight, like shedding kilos. You're mm. actually trying to, uh, like it's a good thing to pack them in because um, you're no doubt going to use a lot of that as you as you actually swim. But the night before, like, and you'd kind of know this as well, you actually don't want something that's too heavy. Yeah, no, n- nothing too stodgy. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I remember growing up, mum used to do marathons and they had, they had, they had like pasta parties the night before where <laughs> people would go along and just load their plate up with as much pasta as what you could. But it's, uh, yeah, we've, we've sort of learned now that's not the correct way to go about it. Yeah. Do you sleep all right the night before? Well, this time I did. Yeah. I was just, and I, I was actually really worried about that as well, you know, because I've had some atrocious sleeps the night before. Like, just anxiety like, and nerves? Or? Yeah, just in, in thinking about, oh, you know, um, have I have I got all my feet, like feeding stuff out? Have I done this? Have I done that? Especially if it's an early start, like like Topol, for example, we started at, I think it was 3.30 in the morning. And so even if I tried to go to sleep super early, it was still hard to actually fall asleep. And my mind was just so active. So mm. I got like 90 minutes of sleep before that swim, which is... Oh. It's like the worst thing. <laughs> but this this time, it was actually a really good sleep. Like I went to bed and I was like, okay, don't think about not sleeping. Don't, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, Did you have a pill or anything? I had some sleep drop. So yeah, you have a good sleep. Then when when do you wake up on Tuesday morning? It's like 7 a.m. 7 a.m. And what time did this one start? 10. Se- yeah, just okay. before 10. So what are those hours like? Uh you're just trying to stay as calm as possible, really, eh? Like, go through the motions. Had uh, brekkie first thing. You know, got some oats and beetroot juice into me. And then went through the feeding plan with the crew. Uh, it was quite funny. We, like, did taste testing of different temperatures of water. <laughs> I was like, is that hot enough? <laughs> is that Yeah, that's perfect. That <laughs> oh, what do you mean? Were you drinking hot water? Hot feeds. Right. To help with the hypothermia. Oh, okay, oh, God, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, because the oh. water was, you know, it's not cold, but it, it's, like, cool, you know. When you're in there for that long, I yeah, guess. Yeah, um, yeah, Okay, so the, the swim starts. I've seen the video footage of that. What are you wearing, by the way? Is it, like, Vaseline or something? Uh, uh, there's not, two layers. One yeah. of them's pseudocreme, which is, uh, it's like a nappy rash cream, but it's got zinc oxide in it, and so that's good for sun protection. And then the other layer on top of that is this sea grease stuff, which is a mix of petroleum gen- uh, jelly and lanolin. It's like a 50-50 blend, and that's good for chafing. We also put it over some areas just to protect it, like um, from you know cold and, and mm. wind and that kind of thing. I did end up reapplying it. Did you? Yeah, How do you reapply when you're in the water? I was getting a bit of, bit of chafing on my uh, armpits. Right. The guys just held out. Um, I had uh, some just straight petroleum jelly which is like people would know that as vaseline mm. that's like the branded version i just scooped it out you know, chucked it under yeah. the armpits and then that did the trick yeah yeah okay so so you so you start swimming you, you must be feeling amazing because you've you've tapered off mm. you're trained yeah and you're feeling fresh but in, in your mind it must be daunting it's like you know you're feeling good but you should be feeling good but you know that it's like auckland is such a long way away <laughs> yeah i i think you just don't we, we, we you, sort do, of you just a, don't think that far ahead. Like, just think about, you know, well, I'm, I'm just doing this, the first few strokes, and then I'll get to the end, edge of the bay, and then, you know, we'll go to a little barrier, and then we'll see what happens. I told the crew beforehand, one, one of the explicit instructions when we had our briefing was, I don't want to know how far I've gone. I don't want to know how far to go. I don't know how much time has gone, and I don't, you know, 
want to know how much time we've got to go. Like, why? Want, because mentally it would just yeah, mentally, disrupt. Yeah, you. it's damaging. And so it's just about like staying in that moment. And as long as you stay in that moment, you can always swim to the next feed or you know whatever milestone you set for yourself. So now if you if you start thinking like, oh, I've got eighty k to go, you know. <laughs> Get, it's depressing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's too never... easy to reach out and touch that boat, yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, so, so you feel good in the beginning. When did the first of negativity creep in? Uh, around the top of Little Barrier. Which is how far into it? It would have been about... 20 to 25 so like yeah. Qu- yeah quarter of the way almost Not, yeah i mean like oh. as an absolute distance a decent amount but relative like it was only a quarter of the distance and yeah i, I started getting a really bad uh some really bad gut distress which i think is because of a pill that i'd taken an anti-inflammatory mixed with my feeds and it just wasn't sitting well like mm. yeah it was my stomach was doing somersaults and uh and then i started cramping in my left tricep as well and like the combination of and those two things kind of happened together and so yeah it's just it gave me some doubts at that time doubts that physically you'll be able to finish it yeah 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 yeah. and you know uh, the the thought did cross my mind of you know will i have to pull out now because of because of what's going on uh so i told the crew and and we figured out or they mostly figured out really to, to their credit uh, a new plan that took out one of my like base uh, liquid feeds, uh, which I thought was causing the issue, and then built in some other stuff around it. And that's about when the meatballs entered the picture as well, and you know just a, just some other stuff to keep it interesting. Oh, were you eating meatballs? Not planned, but yeah. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? Where, where did the meatballs come from? <laughs> they came from the main boat. <laughs> so feeding. So so how how does that look? Does your crew say, "Hey, you've been going three hours. Time to stop." And yeah, like every. So I said it every forty minutes. I gave forty them minutes. A, a plan okay. that like structured every feed from from start to to finish. They had to throw that out and you know kind of go uh, off the cuff but uh i suppose it was quite nice quite nice thing to look forward to like a little like a little sort of benchmark to to make so every 40 minutes was something to look forward to you have a little break yeah 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 yeah. so these these feeding breaks so you're just treading water next to the boat yeah and they're not very long like maybe 30 seconds or so okay the ones if you're chewing food like it'll take a little bit longer yeah but you know my my feeds outside of the liquid feeds like the the drinks are obviously they, they go down really quickly 
otherwise it's like gels or I had some stuff that was mashed up in uh, baby food pouches so you know just squirt that in so you're doing it reasonably quickly like there's not a lot of chit chat I might tell the crew what's like if there's anything going on with me and otherwise they're you know they'll send some encouragement and then on my way Okay, so there's no no banter or anything. (laughs) (laughs) It's just being in the zone for such a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd like to try and give some strategies around how you do that, but I think if you um, you get used to getting into the zone, do you know what I mean? Like you get used to being in that place, and then once you're there, you know you can sit there for for a long time and. as long as you don't get any negative thoughts to kind of snap you out of it, mm. yeah. Well, how do you do that? Negative, negative thoughts are sort of unavoidable, really. I think. Yeah. Or get, you know, dark moments, dark places. Call it whatever you want. Mm. How do you avoid that and snap out of that when it happens? Yeah, you can't, you can't avoid it. Like yeah. it. It will happen. And yeah, I had those moments for sure. Counting is is something that I normally come back to as a strategy, and that just it's like a distractor. Yeah, it just you know, it takes my focus off the negative stuff. And just puts it on something else that's like really basic. It's like here, you know, monkey, go focus on this for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) On monkey mind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's normally pretty successful. And then uh, otherwise just, you know, also reminding yourself of the why. Like, you know, why why am I actually doing this? And what was the why? Live ocean. The ocean conservation piece was was the big why. There's, There's a couple of other you know, wise that, that sit behind that as well, I think. Yeah, what are they? The other big one is is really just, like, wanting to understand my physical and mental limits. And, yeah, this this was a good way of, of understanding <laughs> do, that. Do you think you've come close to finding them, or have you just sort of redefined them? I think on that, like, that night, I came pretty close to finding them at that time. But, you know, you, you know this as well, they're, they're pretty um, flexible. So I think, you know, you come close on, on one occasion and then, you think, oh, okay, maybe I can push that a little bit mm. further for the next time. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what anybody can do if you want. Like, yeah. if, if someone else has done it, then it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what are, you, um, what are you thinking about? Are you focusing on the stroke and the technique, or are you just zoning, thinking about other stuff? Stroke and technique is good. Like good one to think about. Uh, just coming up with... Uh, poems and then repeating that in my head uh what do you mean oh you know like the one two buckle my shoe poem <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and like uh yeah different kind of remixes of that right that, that one replayed a lot of times in my head yeah but you can't do that for 33 hours can nah, you not, not for 33 hours but you can do it for a few at least <laughs> what did you can you remember what it is we're just sitting here now what was that one two buckle <laughs> Okay, uh, one, two, didgeridoo. <laughs> Three, four, knock on the door. <laughs> Five, six, pick up sticks. Seven, eight, uh, don't be late. Nine, ten, do it again. <laughs> and then keep going. And, and you talked about counting before. Is that, is that the counting you mean? or, or were you Sometimes just like I just go one, two, hmm. one, two, like counting my stroke. Yeah. Just keep, keep going that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Paula Radcliffe, who's one of the greatest female runners of all time, she mm. yeah, she, she used to do a counting thing where um, if it got to a, like a, a, a dark point in a race, um, she'd just count to 100, mm. like count to 100 and then start again and repeat that. Yeah, that's yeah, interesting. So it's yeah, a similar I, sort of thing. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems to be a pretty used kind of tool. Something like, else to refocus your mind. Yeah. I was I was chatting to Phil Rush, who's like a, a oh, yeah, New Zealand legend. Yeah, yeah, not as good as you, but <laughs> no way. He's like he's next level, man. He was saying before I had a good chat to him and head count um, 
you know, 1,700 strokes between each feet. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, mate, I'm not going to get that high, but yeah. How, how do you count? Yeah, that, like, when it gets to the high numbers, like 1,664, <laughs> like you'd be on to the yeah, next stroke already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have enough time. Okay, so it started to get tough like seven hours in or so, like when you get to Little Barrier. And then you have a good phase after that? Yeah, the night swimming was awesome. Like, you know, as soon as the the light actually dropped and I didn't really have a sense of where I was, it was just like me and the boat next to me. The boat's like lit up with a, a red LED strip. Um, which is kind of reflecting on the water and there's a bit of bioluminescence and, yeah, just fully in the zone during that time. Like for, for me, and I, I'm guessing a lot of people listening to this, that sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> like it, sound, it sounds terrifying. Yeah. Because of uh, marine life or? I don't know. Yeah, I think if if, um, if there was like a bit of seaweed or something that brushed past my leg, I'd freak <laughs> the fuck out. Um, and just also, I know you had a support boat there, but just like the isolation and yeah. I don't know, the silence, just ev- everything about it. Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of like sensory deprivation in mm. a way. Uh, but I suppose you've trained for this, so you're used yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did a lot of that, like up and down Takapuna Beach yep. as well, like swimming on my own. So at least I had people there that I knew were watching over me. Yeah. Uh, And I didn't, like, we were, like, kilometres and kilometres off the coast, but we could have been anywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't get a sense of where you actually are. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we could have been swimming backwards for all I knew. It was quite calm then? Yeah, it was relatively calm. So it's silent out there, or? Uh, It's still, like, you know, a bit of swell, a bit of wind, but not disruptive. Uh, The wind only really came up once the day actually broke on that second day. So, yeah, that was, it wasn't like it was, like, splashing around and causing all kinds of chaos with um, with my stroke. So, that, again, good good way of getting into the zone. And um, I know Pete and Blair from um, Team New Zealand, they, they came out to visit you. Little moments like that, did that sort of, like, raise your spirits and, yeah, temporarily sort of give you a boost? Yeah, it did, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of broke it up, like, you know, it for – for that period, I kind of almost forgot that, you know, we were <laughs> doing this big swim. It was just a bit of fun, <laughs> a bit of splashing around in the water. <laughs> yeah, Blair Ble told me he jumped in with you and swam for like two or three minutes or something, and he, he said it was gnarly out there. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty rough. <laughs> and then why didn't you um, – I think this is the most interesting thing for me. So the, the, the previous record for this ocean swim was like 80, 80 Ks or something, right? Yeah, so double crossing of Lake Taupo, mm-hmm. which is eighty point eight. Yes, as far as I could see, that that's the longest, right? Um, longest kind of non-stop unassisted swim in New Zealand. So there was a, a like a lot of a lot of space there for you to pull out after getting the record. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you could have you, you could have stopped at eighty two k's. Right, you, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what was your what kept you going? Oh, I was like so focused on that hundred k mark, eh? You know, we'd set that as a target, and and that's really what, like what I wanted to achieve. It wasn't until very late in the piece that we actually adjusted that because yeah, things were getting sketchy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of you physically and mentally, or the or the the weather conditions, everything. Yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. physically, mentally. Yeah, because I suppose that the, the the weather started to get real bad. I suppose when you were just getting when you were fading fast as well. Yeah, so it was like almost like the perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> True, yeah, perfect storm. Yeah, like physically I was I was in a lot of pain, both upper body, lower body. Um, mentally, I still, like, I felt all right, but then I, I was starting to, like, hallucinate and 
uh, wasn't as lucid <laughs> as maybe I had been. Yeah, had you, had you hallucinated before in any of your training runs or any nah. of those other long swims you've done? No, because I've, I've never done anything of that duration yeah. before. So do you think it was a sleep deprivation thing? Yeah, I think so. What were you seeing? Well, on the front of the support boat next to me, I saw a snowman, which was my... <laughs> Maybe it was your mate Olaf. <laughs> <laughs> a little frozen joke there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, was, it was my buddy Jamie who had a, he had a white puffer jacket on. Um, and I guess my brain kind of, you know, connected the two. And you, you just get these, like, what I found anyway, there were the few hallucinations that I had is like it's just enough of a tenuous link and your brain will spurt out this like crazy image <laughs> yeah well it's it's a it's a long time to, to be without sleep and to be doing non-stop physical activity it's it's crazy yeah so, so the weather gets really bad when so you finish it like um eight o'clock at night is this like midday that day I mean from daybreak it definitely started yeah. creeping up and because I was like swimming the whole time it wasn't like I noticed it that much like because because it was kind of like a gradual build mm. so uh it was it was only really until I was watching the videos later where I was like yeah that, that was bad mm. <laughs> well I, I saw some footage of you and it, it like it looked like you weren't even moving sometimes <laughs> like you'd yeah. be having strokes and it's like did he even move <laughs> so I suppose you're doing you're doing the same amount of work but just way less distance and gains from it yeah and it's it's more exhausting as well because you're you're not fighting the water, but it's not like you kind of, you know, you're like swallowing water and like, yeah, it's just, it's a bit harder than if it was, say, like, you know, dead flat conditions. Then you finish and there's quite a crowd on the beach, even though the the weather was atrocious. And was it always a plan for you to go straight to hospital for observation or? No, it was always the plan to have an ambulance there. And, you know, that, that was the right move. So like, uh, going back a step, I guess, to, to when it was actually called, um, you know, the decision was made really quickly to head into Campbell's, uh, Campbell's Bay. We were just off it, and the crew were looking ahead, and they could see that, you know, the swell was really bad, and waves were, like, really picking up, um, yeah, and, so like, it, bouncing off the cliffs. So and, it would have been irre- even irresponsible in a way. It was to, a safety yeah, safety call, yeah. and they checked with me, and, uh, and I said, uh, you know, they were like, are you okay if we finish here? I, I apparently said, I don't remember this, but I apparently said, I don't want to die tonight. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. You were still quite loose today. I think I was still, like, I was still there. There were moments where I was like, like I, I asked the crew, um, this was about when I was getting the hallucinations. I was like, are you guys real? Like, is this real? Because <laughs> it was hard to, like, it was hard to tell. And they were like, yeah, no, no, no this is all good. And, and so we just kept on going but like there were some moments where i was like definitely not completely there yeah yeah so so you so you finished the swim yeah do you do you recall much of that moment or like the people cheering on the beach and stuff well there weren't i don't think there were that many people i think at that footage it looked like there was quite a few yeah yeah i think that might have been later okay like when i came in i remember there being and again like don't don't take my recollection (laughs) completely (laughs) you saw a snowman on the boat (laughs) um there might have been maybe, I don't know, 10 people on the beach or right. something at right. that stage and got past the breakers and walked out and, and then you've got to uh, walk yourself or get yourself past the waterline for it to be, you know, it's, it's another one of the rules for it to be considered like a, a proper exit. So I did that and then got shepherded up to the ambulance from there. And I think after that, that's when people started uh, coming in because mm. um, 
a lot of people had heard that actually the finish was Takapuna, and then all of a sudden it was Campbell's Bay, yeah. and people started coming by. How were those first couple of steps? Yeah, you know, my my legs weren't really there. <laughs> like, yeah, not using them for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And they were bloody painful as well. Just, just from my, kicking nonstop for 33 hours. Not really that much no. kicking, but um, yeah, they, they were in a lot of pain. I, I kind of picked up on it during the course of the swim. I thought it was hypothermia. Like My legs were like shaking really badly. And I was like, man, this is odd. Like, I've never had this before. And they were dragging. Like, I just couldn't keep them up near the surface. And so when I when I was walking in the yeah, air, they were like, yeah, they they were yeah, they were shaky. But uh, and you know, I was a bit dazed and, mm. and that kind of thing. You're kind of like, Ugh. yeah, ought to be expected. So you, you get taken to hospital, then what? Uh, just straight on a drip or something? <laughs> yeah, basically. I took took my blood and found I had a. Uh, mild case of rhabdomyolysis and and so they hooked me up to iv fluid kept me there for uh, for the night and got discharged at you know like 2 p.m the next day after a few liters of, of iv fluid and what was your first meal oh geez what was my first meal immediately in in the hospital it was uh it was yogurt it was actually really hard to eat anything <laughs> was that why my throat was just so sore yeah it still is and what in what way uh, from the salt just water, just from the salt water washing around, and and my um my tongue, you know, it had bits that were missing off it, and now like it's really interesting, like it's completely kind of almost shedded, and has come up with like a new, <laughs> it's like a new tongue in a way, <laughs> so it's super sensitive right now even. And and what about your um your, your eyes? Were they, were they sore from the goggles? They were so puffy. It looked like I had like a bee sting or something like, <laughs> <laughs> like Will Smith and um and Hitch. Yeah, yeah. But, but you did a video from because I heard you were in a hospital. And I thought, oh, I, I hope this, I hope this guy's okay. Like yeah. it's a bloody long time to be you yeah, doing this and being in cold water and a whole lot of things. And, and then I saw you did like a video message on Instagram and you looked fine sitting, <laughs> sitting up in bed in your hospital gown. You look quite chipper. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so, you, so you're all right, and then you, you, so you're out of hospital, and then you you go straight back to work. Yeah, the next day. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we're recording this on a Sunday. I, ideally, I wanted you around tomorrow, Monday, but you, like you're back at work. So you, where do you work? DHL. Yeah. You, your employer's not overly tolerant of having <laughs> no, time not, off. Not or? I think I just pushed myself away. Eh? Yeah. yeah. I felt like oh, I I got to get back to the team. So yeah. That's crazy. I would have thought you'd have like a week where you're doing a media circuit or media rounds or whatever or recovering at home. But yeah. straight back into it, you're a savage. <laughs> Thanks. After doing these kind of swims, and swims is less uh, painful on the bod than, say, running, like doing a really long run. So right now, like, I've, I've got a few niggles here and there, but, I yeah, I'm, I'm feeling actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look, you look great. Thank you. You look great. <laughs> I put on Instagram that you were coming around, and um, I was, like, inundated with questions, so many questions for you. Some of them are probably a bit dumb, um, but some of them I think are quite good. The one that came up quite frequently is people wanted to know about uh, wheeze and poos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's funny, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll, start, we'll start with the wheeze. Okay. Okay, easy. Um, yeah. You just go as you're swimming. Oh, and, as you're swimming? Yeah, as I'm swimming. So it does take a little bit of practice. Um, so, but like I'm now at a level where I can you know, do it without stopping at all. Takes a little bit of focus to do the first couple, but otherwise, yeah. After a while, it just kind of you know flows, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and then number two is I think your digestive system just uh, 
you know, it just stops, like, or not stops, but you know what I mean. Like, it, so you didn't need to defecate out there. <laughs> no, 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 burly or anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, s- someone wants to know about um, the the calories burnt. Any idea about? Oh, were you wearing a watch or anything? No, yeah, no, no, no watch. Uh, also, one of the rules. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. God, there's so many rules. God, God these swimmers, swimming communities are so anal. Yes, very uptight. Eh? Unbelievable. Um, someone wants to know um, oh, about nutrition. Oh, I think we sort of touched upon that. Like yeah, yeah, meatballs. Yeah. Basically, just anything in the end. Were you just eating whatever they? Oh, just like some stuff to keep it interesting over that period of time. Like if it's a shorter distance, you keep it more dialed in, like just liquid feeds and gels and that kind of thing. But over a longer period, you do want some solids and things to keep it interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, best and worst bits. Best. I love the love the start actually. Like just the first like four or five k. Worst bit. <sighs> I mean the end day that that those last four hours were really tough. <laughs> but you, was it tougher than what you were potentially expecting, or about as tough as what you were expecting? Hard to know what I was expecting. Yeah, because um, I just hadn't been in that situation before. It was yeah, it was it was tough, and mm. and then finishing was awesome. <laughs> oh, I, I, can't, I can't imagine what that moment was like yeah. <laughs> in the hot shower afterwards. Um, yeah, did you did you have a shower straight away in hospital? Or? No, no, no. Um, Really straight on the bed, <laughs> yeah, with like sand on my face and stuff, and still covered in like pseudo creme. <laughs> Why were they were they treating you like an like an emergency patient? <laughs> no, I, I guess surely like a, a shower must have just you must have been craving it. <laughs> no, not really. Actually, hey. <laughs> a, shower, a shower might not have been the best. I think because I because uh, I definitely was still hypothermic. Yeah, for like uh, it took it took me a few hours at least to get back to temperature. Right. Would he do it again? Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you've done it. So yeah, um, yeah, the, the, and this is the annoying thing. And and you know, um, guys like you that do these crazy things, you sort of um, create this problem for yourself. Immediately, people are asking what the next challenge is, and you've done enough that you don't need to do any more challenges in your life if you if you choose not to. But mm. naturally, people because you've created this reputation for yourself, they want to know. And yeah. So, they gave me about a, a day's grace before the <laughs> question started coming in. <laughs> yeah, it's exhausting, right? It's exhausting. Surely you could just have, have you have you sort of given it any thought or not right now? Like I, I had, uh, I've had something else that that's like an idea, but you know, I, I don't think you want to go straight into the what's next. No, it's like a, it's not very healthy too. Yeah, also um, you're planning to get that hunger back as well. Yeah, 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 and like celebrate. Like celebrating is actually a, a key part of doing this kind of stuff. Otherwise, yeah, you're just kind of flogging yourself and not actually going through those cycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You need to enjoy it. And spend, yeah. spend time to reflect and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, think about things. Still, yeah. lots of time to reflect. Absolutely. You're so you're married. Your wife, um, Sarah, she's a, a high school teacher. Yeah. What does she think? Do you have, when you have these ideas, do you have to bounce them off her? <laughs> Oh, 100%. <laughs> does, does she think you're a fucking idiot? <laughs> I think she gets me by now. <laughs> were, you, were you a long-distance swimmer when you met her? No, no. She, yeah, she, oh, kept, so this she, is something she keeps that... pointing that out to me as well. Right. Oh, okay, so she didn't, mar- she didn't marry into this. Like, you're the one that's changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she does, she does remind me of that. Oh, but is she quite supportive? This, was a, this wasn't part of the bargain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she's quite supportive, though. Super supportive. Yeah, that's she, cool. She was there for all of the triple crown swims, so I don't think she fully got it until like Cook Straight, and then she like she got it. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. she she saw it firsthand, 
And ever since then, yeah, she's she's been one hundred percent behind it. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Like for me, and I guess a lot of people listening to this, it's a it's like a world or a sport that you don't know anything about. So I didn't know anything about there being like a wait list for the the Cook Strait and yeah. you know all these different rules and stuff. I can understand that it's a, like a community and a sport that you'd really really get into. Oh yeah, and it's like a, such a tight knit community as well. Yeah, you know, like yeah, there's more people doing this kind of stuff than than you might probably realise. Yeah, in yes. New Zealand and around the world, like, massive, you know. Mm. Someone said, I'd like to know more about his self-talk. How did he keep himself positive? Yeah, just coming back to that why again, eh? You know, like, and, and also having good crewmates that can actually, when you get past that point of not having good self-talk with yourself, because that can happen, mm. uh, having somebody yeah, that sure. can recognise that and snap you out of it. Yeah. Um, like, like if, if you said to your um, support crew, uh, like, say, halfway through, like, oh... I'm not not feeling it. I think I'm done. That that'd be like they drive the boat away. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need someone that's going to be a little bit tough on you. You say like, yeah. not not give you too much. Of we a free we talked pass. about that as well. Yeah. Like during the briefing, it was like, guys, I'm like, you know, there's going to be some dark moments, and you're going to have to both flog me and like really give me encouragement to keep me going. And mm. for them, it's like a bit of an art. Like they've got to recognise when to give me the hard word and when to. You know, give me give me that encouragement. Supportive. Yes, yeah. yeah. And during the you know probably the thirty at about the thirty hour mark, I started getting a bit kind of unruly and giving some sharp words to the crew. And I think that was that was a sign that <laughs> my headspace was not in a good place. And so they you know they really oh that was you just pro- projecting because you were tired and you were exhausted and sleep deprived and uh, I mean uh, I'm not excusing your poor behaviour, but <laughs> <laughs> you know they they need to be a little bit forgiving, I guess. <laughs> So the the positive talking thing, it's um, it, it, it's funny. And thinking about your wife, I'm thinking if I was in your position, I could rationalise with myself that okay, well, I've already done a lot of publicity for Live Ocean. I've created a lot of awareness. I didn't reach my goal, um, but I've swam past eighty k, so I'm the national record holder. No one's gonna no one's gonna think I'm a joke because it's still an impressive swim. Mm. You can rationalise it all sorts of ways. I can, but like a week from then. You know, you'll look back and you'll actually be like, "Yeah, I, you know, I let myself down." A day, a day after that, I reckon. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is what I battle with my, with myself and like runs and things. Like yeah. you go through these moments where you, you you think about what could I post on Instagram if I pull out now. And then, <laughs> then, You're already yeah. doing the write up. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you know, and then and then you beat yourself up about it afterwards. Yeah. If you do it, and you you know that you've let yourself down. I, I think that's okay sometimes. I don't want to give, like, I, I don't give myself that many outs, but, like, sometimes you do just have really bad days. And, you know, maybe you do cut it short, but you learn from that and you just make sure that that doesn't happen on the day, on, on whatever your big day is. And remember that whatever you're going through, even if it's tough, even if it's, like, literally lasting hours and hours on end, like, that eventually it will pass. You know, it's that old mantra of this two shall pass. This two shall pass. Yeah, I saw a, a funny, a, you, a, a, the Instagram algorithm flicked me up a Tom Hanks video last night and he he said that. He said, this two shall pass. If things are going great, this two shall pass. If things yeah. are going bad, this two shall pass. Yeah. And like yeah. in the grand scheme of things, like, a, you know, a day of being in pain, which like literally that that's what it was for me, um, being in physical pain for that period of time. It seems like it's a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, it's actually not that long mm. and like now uh i'm stoked you know 
and super proud. And and it's something you can be proud of for the rest of your life, as yeah. long as you live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Cool. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's another mantra like, you know, pain is temporary, victory is forever. <laughs> <laughs> there's all sorts of things you can rationalize it yeah. with. But yeah, it's like a, like a running thing. You just put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And it's a good mantra for life as well. Yeah, 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 100%. What did the salt water do to your body? Uh, a couple of things, like shriveled my, <laughs> shriveled my uh, fingers, <laughs> for one. Yeah, um, if you're in the bath or a spa pool for an hour, like your, your fingers get, get shriveled up, yours... I'm surprised your skin didn't fall off. Or they anything. got pretty raisiny. Yeah. Yeah. Do they? No, my, my skin didn't fall off so much. No. But yeah. Uh, and then the salt water in my mouth for sure. That you know that was that was not so good. Um, and then just the temperature of the water. I, I guess that's not like salt water, but that you know the hypothermia effect. Yeah. Mm. Someone wants to know what kind of things does he do to improve his mental strength. Uh yeah, a couple of things like doing really difficult training. I think the two go hand in hand. If you do some difficult physical training, it's good for your mental space. Yeah. And then uh, meditation, really good. Um, you know, just. Yeah, what sort? Like with an app or is it TM? What do you do? Uh, mindfulness meditation. Right. And originally I was using Headspace, and now I've just kind of like used the same philosophy and I do it independent of that, just 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it's about getting like uh, stopping the negative thoughts or, or whatever thoughts from taking over. And, you know, that's super applicable when it comes to the swimming and then visualizing, like visualizing is really important, especially as I get closer to something like this, like, uh, and even during the training, like thinking about like the finish and like, uh, and then parts, different parts of the swim and like, you know, how is it going to feel? Uh, that all builds builds together to just really mentally prepare you for what you're going to undertake. I feel like you've earned a raspberry twist. <laughs> <laughs> What's the raspberry twist story? Your mum used to give you. Your yes. mum used to give you a raspberry twist if you um, swam. Is that right? After swimming yeah. lessons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you caught up with your parents since the swim? Yeah, my mum's over in uh, Europe at the minute, right. so she she's flicked me a message, and um, she's more excited about uh, the baby that's coming. She was like, "Congrats!" and uh, just to let you know, we're doing clothes shopping for the baby. <laughs> oh, you're about to become a dad uh, in a few months. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! First one. Yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my my dad was uh, super stoked. You know, like uh, he he was there throughout the whole training journey. Not to say that my mum wasn't stoked. I'm a, yeah, I'm not of saying course. that at all, but yeah. yeah. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's about to become a grandmother for the first time. It's like different priorities. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Exactly. Oh, that's cool. God, they must be so proud. Yeah. Well, John O'Riddler, thank you so much for coming over. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'm in awe of what you've done. It's just, it's insane, but it's exciting as well because it just goes to show what the human mind and body is capable of if you, if you apply yourself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Thanks very much for having me, mate. I appreciate it, mate. No, no pressure, no rush. Just enjoy this moment, but I can't wait to see what you do next. <laughs> Cheers. John O'Riddler on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Thanks very much to the sponsors of this episode, Radix Nutrition, R-A-D-I-X. Check them out online, radixnutrition.co.nz. All their amazing products are made in the Waikato and they're shipped worldwide. If you haven't done so already, please Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell a workmate about the Runners Only podcast. I find word of mouth is the most effective form of marketing there is. So if you spread the word, this thing grows, the guests get better, the quality gets better, everything improves, and everyone wins. 
All right, I'm going to go and rest my voice. Don't worry, I did a test. It's not COVID. It's just a just a croaky voice. Um, but I'm going to go back to bed um, because that's what Jono Riddler would do. <laughs> All right, hey, thank you very much for listening. Appreciate having you guys here. Join me next time on Runners Only with Dom Harvey. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 